This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Bertha Robinson is the founder of Star One Professional Service, a business coaching and consulting firm that helps visionary business leaders turn potential into performance by closing the gap between goal setting and goal achievement. She is also the newly elected president of the New Jersey Association of Women Business Owners. Bertha, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. Thank you. I I got to share the story with you. Every time I get the opportunity, the pleasure of talking to someone named Bertha, I got to tell the story about another lifetime when I was going through college, I worked in a steel factory and I worked in the warehouse. It was not an easy job, but it was a steel factory in that we had these really heavy pieces of stock to move around, right? And we had this big, I don't know, like, you know what a lift truck is, right? It was like yeah. a, like a lift yeah. truck on steroids. And I remember that it had to have a lot of maintenance done on it. And so they would write in the chalkboard. For those of you who don't know what a chalkboard is, go Google it. And it would say, Big Bertha checkup, yes or no. And we had a lady in the front office who came down one day and she goes, why is my name on the board? And why does it say big? And why does it say checkup? And we had explained to her, that's the name of the lift truck. And she thought that was hysterical. So she would always come down and go, Hey, how am I doing? How's my girl doing? It was, it was hysterical. It was, uh, I don't get to share that story too often, but I thought I'd share it with you. She thought it was funny and she wasn't big either. She was thick then, but it was just hysterical. So we're going to talk about leadership today and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think leadership is not just a title like CEO. I think we're all leaders. Some of us are leaders of our home. Some of us are leaders. Like I'm the leader of the Mark Stuchowski podcast, also the only right. person in the podcast. So let's, let's break that down. What is leadership in your mind? Sounds good. Yes. So leadership to me is producing results. And you're right. I agree with you. It's not about the title you hold. It's about the power that you have. Mm. It's about influence. And it starts, when you think about leadership, we think of formal leadership, but it really just start with, starts with self-leadership, like you said. So there are emerging leaders. You know, there are so many leaders in high schools, at all levels, in communities, in households, in businesses, et cetera. A leader is someone who gets results. And for me, it goes a little step beyond that because they're all different kinds of leadership styles. So I believe in servant leadership. So one of my affirmations is that I serve those who serve others, and a leader should be someone who influences, helps, serves others to be them their best self. And yet, yes, they can be a leader as well. Yeah. I was so confused about leadership that people were recommending me to read Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. And I didn't buy it for years because I go, I'm not a leader. Then one day I'm like, oh, I am a leader. So I went out and bought the book. I haven't read it yet in full disclosure, but I, I really thought that leaders, when people said that, they were talking about people with titles and it wasn't true. So I'm looking forward to reading the book. Have you ever read uh, Dare to Lead? I haven't read Dare to Lead. I do know Brene Brown. I know who wouldn't. Uh, she's phenomenal. And I think that that will be an excellent, you know, there's so many books on leadership, but knowing her perspective, I know it's going to be phenomenal, but I haven't read the book myself. Excellent. Yeah. And you mentioned something about people who get things done are leaders. We all know those companies where 
somebody who's not the leader, it may be a grunt to use the military jargon, uh, a grunt who's actually leading because the leader is kind of like a, a wilted flower. And so you've got someone else who is not a leader saying, hey, okay, I'm going to take control. Uh, for example, I used to be a volunteer firefighter and a volunteer EMT. And there would be people who are not like the paramedics who would take control because yes. they weren't trying to steal the control. But when you have an emergency situation, you don't have, you don't need someone who's kind of wishy-washy. There could be lives at stake and they need to take, take control. So to your point, it's not a title. Anybody can be a leader in any given situation. I agree. And we see, especially in those type of um, high velocity situations where people do step up to lead because they see that there's an urgency to act. Something has to get done. Maybe they have a moment to look around and say, well, it's me. I got to get it done. And in everyday situations, too. So you go out with friends um, for dinner or whatever it means, and someone has to say, okay, who's ordering first or where are we going? And, you know, that's the leader to initiate, you know, the action. So we see it all the time. I love that example because I am a fast decision maker. So I mm -hmm. asked my wife, where do you want to go to dinner? And she goes, I don't know. And I'm like, what, what kind of food do you feel like eating? I don't know. I picked the restaurant. I'm not going to yes. sit there for an hour and a half and go back and forth. And same thing is like, if you have to, a whole bunch of people have to order like you did the example there. Just like, okay, who wants to go first? Johnny, you go first. I'm not going to sit here and waste our time thinking you go first. No, you go first. Look it. There's not too many varieties on the menu. You know, there's chicken, there's steak, there's burgers, there's salad. Just pick something. It's not like revolutionary. I, I always amaze when people go to McDonald's and they stare at the menu and like, it's the same stuff for 30 years. I mean, really? Have you never been to McDonald's before? And so that is a form of leadership. I love talking about this, by the way, yeah. because people don't understand that if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're... And I don't mean to be sexist. I just said stay at home mom. So don't get offended. But, and your husband goes off to work. Well, you're, the, you're probably the leader of the home because you have to take care of the kids, get them off the school, Absolutely. The housework, take yeah. care of the husband when he comes home. And it could also be a house husband. So we are all leaders, just like we're all salespeople. Yes, I agree with that. And I want to go back to the point you mentioned about the menus. You know, there's another facet, I would say, to leadership, and that's people's behavioral styles and decision making. So you're in the scenario with you and your wife and she's like, well, I don't know. And she may need to study or think about her. What kind of day does she have? What kind of food does she want? You know, is it going to be quick? Is it going to be a long line? Is it somewhere we've, we've been before? So some people do need to kind of pontificate, pontificate and think about it and review it in their heads. And some people are split quick decision makers. And they're like, I've been there before. I know what kind of food I want. So it just depends on that person's decision style, communication style, behavioral style. Well, my wife loves me and she knows I'm like a bull in a china shop. And, and she says, look it, I'm more of a picky eater than she is. And mm -hmm. she goes, if I, she knows if I pick someplace, she's going to like the food there. If it was the other verse way, then she's got to go, okay, Mark doesn't like that. Mark doesn't like this. And so it makes your life easier. She goes, wherever you want to go, it just makes things easier. See, yeah. I am see. so picky. So I guess she's actually being leading me at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are some really practical ways, because I like to get really tactical on the show. What are some really practical ways that anybody, whether you have a title or not, can be better at leadership? Sure. I would say the first thing is 
being clear on your purpose. What is it that you want to do? And it doesn't have to be this long, you know, my aspirational vision, five years, 10 years, but even in the moment, what do I want to accomplish today? If it's from servant leadership, who do I want to serve today? Who do I want to help? Who do I need to reconnect with? Um, What are some of the things that are in alignment with the goals that I want to accomplish today, this week, this month, this quarter, et cetera? So the first thing is to be clear on that is to write it down. There's a whole science behind it. Mm -hmm. We're putting pen to paper, pencil to paper, whatever it may be. It really does make those connections in the brain. It reinforces what we want to do when we see it and when we write it. So I would say writing down what you want to accomplish, who you want to serve, what you want to do is the first thing. And it's very practical to do having that clarity. I'll just interject right there real quick is I have a membership program where we go through my 12 steps to productivity. And the first thing we talk about is clarity. If you don't know what you want, it's very difficult to be productive. So you have got to be clear. And I love when you said, write it down. I'm 56 years young and I was so excited when the electronic age came. Yay, no more pencil and paper. Well, now I'm back to a paper bullet journal. I love writing things down because I can go out in the backyard with my dog and the sun's out and I could just sit there, write my thoughts on paper. And I act, it actually helps me think. So if you're a younger listener of the show, we're glad you're listening. I consider going back to writing things down. It's more powerful than just typing out on typing it out on your iPhone. Me too. I, I've gone back to writing it down, Mark. And not to go away, you know, to those listeners that may have a tendency or leaning, like you just said, to the electronic, you can still use that. But the reinforcement of writing it down, having the intentionality, mm. I like how you said being clear. Sometimes we are so, I think, out of focus in terms of what we want to do, what we need to do. We're following every shiny object there is to, to try and, and, and be seen or be, be busy. Um, but clarity and writing things down helps you to stay focused and to do what I call a, it, it's a brain dump. Mm-hmm. You know, take everything that's in your thoughts and your mind, put it down on paper, and then you can prioritize and decide what's first, what, what's, what matters most in this moment to me. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Okay, so the first tip was clarity, get clear, write your goals and your dreams and your aspirations, get that out of your head on paper. What's another tip to be better leaders? Well, you kind of you kind of uh, tip the scales a little bit for me now when you talked about high performance and what you do. So, I'm a fan of high performance habits. Uh, and Brendan energy, Burchard, yep. Yeah, energy is great. Brendan Burchard's book is phenomenal and his platform, you know, and having energy. So, being healthy um, living some kind of fit lifestyle is important because no matter what it is that you want to do, you got to be around to do it. <laughs> and yeah, and you want to be as healthy. I don't mean, you know, if, you, if you've never run a marathon, I'm not saying prep for a marathon, but just get moving, get walking. And that's going to help you also. It, they go in sides. They really go hand in hand with your clarity because the more you move, the more fit you are. So getting some fresh air as best as you can, stretching, you know, doing minimal things. If that's all you can do, don't discount it. Moving is big. It's going to help your energy physically in your body, mentally, um, spiritually. And you're going to be able to connect to that right to, back to your goals, your commitments to yourself on paper. 
I love you saying that because back in September of, I think, 19, uh, 2019, my wife and I bought our first Apple Watches. And the, the primary role of an Apple Watch is to encourage your health. So they've got three rings on the Apple Watch. There's the stand ring, which means you know we're behind Zoom calls all day long. You yeah. should stand for one minute at least 12 times a day. Get up, walk around, get that blood flowing. The other thing is exercise. Now I run every day and you should exercise some form at least 30 minutes a day. Maybe you go for a brisk walk. Maybe you go for a swim, bike ride, run, treadmill, doesn't matter. You should exercise. And the third thing is moving. So maybe don't take the elevator, take the stairs. Maybe not park at the closest parking spot. Maybe park further out so you walk more. We need to get moving. And I'm, I have this fear, Bertha, that if we continue to move, move, move less, 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 then God's going to say, okay, we'll take their legs away because they don't need them anymore. You know, that's not going to happen. But we were not designed to sit all the time. Jesus never took an Uber. He walked everywhere. Okay. We have legs for a reason. And to your point, if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't lead, you can't be productive, and you're probably not happy either. Absolutely. I agree. I agree that, again, the shift in energy changes your mood, changes your mindset, gives you now inspiration to do maybe even a little bit more the next day or maybe the next hour, like you mentioned. So I have a Fitbit. I'm in the Fitbit world, and that encourages you to also move every hour and make at least 250 steps. That's it. So it's little incremental steps and movement that help you get there, get to wherever it is you want to get to next. I'm really concerned even before COVID, but once COVID hits, you know, more and more people sit behind zoom screens and you know, we're sitting down now. Some people will do the meeting standing up, but still you're standing in one place. Some people do a bouncer. I can't, I can't focus if I'm bouncing around. It's just, it's distracting to me and I can't I be in a call with someone who's bouncing <laughs> up and down. I'm like, stop bouncing. Uh, but you know, we, we got to realize it's not just the zoom calls. How many people are sitting down and their faces on their phone? You know, there's more to life than electronics. And I encourage people, if you really want to get a break, take a walk without your technology. Now you can bring your Fitbit or your Apple watch. So you can track your, your distance, but you know, don't be on your phone. Don't listen to an audio book. I, when we, my wife and I got our, our dog about three and a half years ago, we listened to a podcast and it said, look at when you go for a walk, the dog knows if you're paying attention to it. And so just walk with the dog. Don't be on your phone. Don't be surfing social media. Just be present. And I think we are in a society now where we always have to be doing something and we don't like to just like not do anything, like just go for a walk and listen to the birds and look at the sun. We think that's laziness, but actually that's very, very, uh, a very efficient thing to do for your productivity and for your life. I agree. I agree. It, it goes for me. I call that being intentional mm -hmm. and it's not just getting things done behind a computer. I got to admit at the beginning of COVID, I was a Zoombie. So I was on, you know, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and not moving at all enough. Um, you know, I'm a mother of four and I'd hear, you know, the knocks at the door. Are you in there? Is everything okay? <laughs> so the moving more has given me a better relationship. You mentioned, you know, walking with the dog and the dog being aware, but having a better relationship with my children and my family. Uh, so there's a silver lining in this entire shutdown that we've experienced in this past 18, whatever months we've been in. So I see that there's uh, intentionality in helping me get further. And what you said before, I don't know if you were alluding to it, but the multitasking, 
feeling that you got to be on the phone, you got to do this, you got to do all these things at once, you're really not doing any one thing in excellence because you're being you're you're being pulled in so many different directions or you're swaying yourself in so many di different directions. We have the power and the right to make a decision to say no to whatever is taking us away from what our purpose is or to again back to the word intentional, be intentional in the moment. Have excellence in the moment. And be, be present for your children, be present for your family, your friends, yourself first, your work, whatever it is, but do that one thing great and then move on to something else. If I'm with somebody and they pull out their phone and we're having a conversation, they start scrolling through their phone because I don't know what they're doing, checking their email, checking their calendar. I stop talking and they'll go, no, go ahead. No, I'm not because now you're not focused on me. Okay. Yes. What is so important on your screen? I mean, we're literally having a conversation. And they pull out their phone. I think that's rude. If I see someone on their phone, I won't walk up to them. I may say, hey, how are you doing, Bob? And keep walking. But I think it's rude. And this is someone who's 56 to saying that. I think it's rude. If you if someone is in front of you, don't be on your phone. They're, you're not that important. I'm not that important. It can literally wait. But people like, well, I, I'm monitoring this, this uh, college football score. I'm like, Really? So if you find out about the touchdown in three minutes, that affects world peace. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, what, what's so important. And most times it's like, Oh, I want to see if I need more text messages or Facebook messages. I'm like, but I'm right here. And so I don't tolerate yeah. that. I won't, I won't chastise them unless I know them. I'll give them some ribbing, but usually I'll just stop talking and if they don't respond. I walk away because if you're not willing to be present with me, then I'm, not, mm -hmm. I'm just going to walk away. Why am I going to sit there, wait for you for a minute, 10 minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes? I can do go talk to someone else. I agree. I think it's impacting our social skills, mm. new generations that think that that's the norm because it, it's become the norm. Um, you kind of lose, you are losing etiquette because you should be in the moment in that conversation. You're losing the opportunity uh, for eye contact to really connect with the person and build that relationship. Because if you're in the middle of a conversation and you immediately look down at your phone, you know, in most cases I've experienced that too, where people don't even excuse themselves and say, Oh, just hold on a minute. I'm, I'm getting a call or I just thought of something. Let me just send something. They just immediately go to what they're doing. And it's like, weren't we just talking about something? So it's, it be, it's become a norm and it's a, I think it's a bad habit. Um, not dismissing technology. I use it myself all the time. But again, not if I'm engaging in a conversation at the moment. Because if you go away to the phone, you're now engaging the phone or the tablet or whatever it may be. Yes. And I always tell people when they say, well, what am I supposed to do? Have you had? Have you heard of do not disturb? See, if you put your phone in do not disturb, nobody can text you or bother you. You're like, yes. well, what if I miss something? Again, you're not going to miss anything for five or 10 minutes. But I think people, we live in a bright, shiny object world. And everyone's yes. like, I'm really important. Listen, you're not that important. We all need to accept that because you're right. We are losing the etiquette. We are losing the eyeball to eyeball, as my aunt says, the belly to belly. And that's yes. what they used to do back in the 40s and 50s and 60s because there wasn't technology. I grew up in an age. I was born in 1965, and I didn't have my first smartphone until, oh, my goodness, I think 19, I want to say 98 or 97 or something like that. And, you know, you want to see people. Now it's like, well, I'll text you. Or, you know, texting's fine. Don't get me wrong. You know, you and I couldn't be able to do this conversation. You're in New Jersey. I'm in Texas. But there, there's a place for technology, and there's a right. place for being present one-on-one. -on -one. Like right now, I'm fully present with you. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not doing anything else. 
I'm engaged in this conversation. And I think that each passing day, I, I'm afraid that so many people are losing that. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I see that um, it's that fear of missing out mm-hmm. that I have, you know, as I mentioned with my children, we don't allow, you know, the devices to the table. It's not that they're not walking towards the dinner table with them, but I just send them right back, put them down because we're going to have dinner now. I don't want that at the table. We're going to be fully engaged and having conversation. Another thing that I've seen that's crept into business, and I say crept in because it's, it's new to me, is the texting in business. And um, I think that that's to me, and maybe it's maybe it's generational. Maybe I'm not with it, um, but it seems a little bizarre that seem, someone's going to text me their response, you know, to a meeting as opposed to getting on the phone, the good old fashioned phone, or you know, if we need to have some logistics, you know, in, in an email. But a texting at you know at all times, and you you lose the connectivity again with the person because it's these one worded re- replies. And to me, I don't think that that's a place for business. I'm not there yet. I know there's lots of people who function well, successful in business, and that are texting with their clients and others. Um, but I'm I'm still not there yet. Maybe it's me. That's very interesting because I'm just the opposite. I don't like going an email because email is like a big game of whack-a-mole. So <laughs> I prefer people to text me, especially if they have a really quick question. Now, I'm not saying I'm waiting on their beck and call for their text. But I can reply to texts a lot quicker. So I'm just the opposite. I mm. prefer that. And I also tell people, don't call, cold call me. Text me first and say, are you free? I've got my 80-year-old dad who's taking care of my 76-year-old mom who has late onset Alzheimer's. I said, dad, mm. I'm here for you. Okay, you're one of the very few people on the iPhone when you set favorites and you put your phone on, do not disturb those favorites can get through. So my dad's on that. But I'm like, I do podcast interviews. I had coaching clients. Just text me. So, you know, I'm available and he's pretty good about it. I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with people asking me questions, but I, I, but I don't want people to read into that, that I don't like person to person. I don't like being in front of people. So there's a difference, but I think we all need to figure out what works best for us. You like the email, you like the phone calls. My problem with a phone call is, you know, you may think it's a five minute call and then 35 minutes later, you're like, how do I get off this phone call? And with a text message, you can like ignore it if it's, you know, obscene or something, not obscene, but if it's uh, wasting your time. So I can see the pros and cons of both of them, but it's interesting how you and I are, are both are opposites, but you know what? It works for us. And that's, what's important. Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'm curious to know, because I know Andrea Pass is uh, the one who introduced us. I wonder if she's more of a texture or an email person because she's in public relations. And I think she relies a little more on her email than I do. I try to stay out of my email. So if I'm working on writing a blog post or like when I'm done with this, I'll, I'll prepare your episode for release. And I close the the email tab. I don't want to see that because that one pops up and you're like, Ooh, that, oh, that, oh, that one, it's, I got a new message. It may be something important. And then I'm not focusing <laughs> on what I'm doing. Yes. So when you're working on the project, close your email. So you don't have those pop-ups because that's yes. distracting. 
Well, you know this as a productivity expert. Absolutely. That's a danger zone, danger zone. So I don't check my email on that first thing in the morning. I have specific times that I have set up. That's my buffer time to do phone calls and emails. So people do call me on the phone, but doesn't mean that I always answer, but I still have voicemail mm -hmm. and I'm pretty good at responding. So there are tactics that you can use so that you don't get swayed and pulled in. Like so many people get, you know, pulled in down the, 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 uh, what do they call it? Down the tunnel. Yep. You know, you get lost in social media. Uh -huh. Let me just post this or let me just check this. And then they get lost after an hour. So having some specific tactics around how to use your email is important. And this all has to do with leadership. In this case, what we're talking yeah. about here, you're being the leader of your time. So what I spend the most of my time, probably 99% of my time on social media is spent posting, giving value. Okay. 1% yeah. is I'll just randomly go scroll TikTok for like about 15 minutes, but most of the time I'm pushing content out. But a lot of people ask me, how do you post so much? And I'm like, well, it's really simple. See, I go out there in my backyard and I think of a topic. I don't overthink the topic. I come up with a topic. I record between the 30 and 60 second video on Snapchat. I post on Snapchat. I post the same video on TikTok, the same video on Instagram Reels. I put the same video on Instagram Stories. I put the same video on LinkedIn, the same video on my Facebook profile on my page. People go, the same content? Yeah, people don't follow me everywhere. And it takes me maybe 10 minutes. Done. I provided value and I go on because number one, I'm a leader of my own time. Number two, I don't want to waste your time. So when I'm posting stuff, I'm not one of these people that does a lot of creative stuff. I just talk and give value. Okay. Cause I, it's not congruent for me to get you to waste your time. Like all the right. cute dog videos and all this sort of stuff. I don't talk about stuff like that because I got to practice what I preach. So I don't like to waste people's time. That's leadership too. You got to say, okay, it's my 24 hours, my 168 hours in a week. What am I going to do? How am I going to lead myself? And mm -hmm. you go from there. But a lot of people, as you know, Bertha, they live life reactively. Ah, oh, this is hot now. I'll, I'll do this now. And they have no plan. And when you have no plan or you have a plan, you're not following it. Now you're not being a good leader. Right. Yeah. You don't have a plan. You plan to fail. Ah, yes. And, yeah. So having a plan is really critical. And um, again, it, it goes right back to what we said, writing it down. What's important to you? Where do you need to go? Who do you need to talk to? Delegating. Who do you need to delegate and bring on? Mm -hmm. Who do you need to, to, you know, be mentored by? You know, what questions do you need to ask? All of that is, is critical in your plan and writing it down. And um, everyone's heard of SMART goals right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistically high and time bound. But I add three letters. Um, it's either W-H-Y uh, or W-A-Y. So number one, written. Your goals have to be written. Mm -hmm. They should be harmonious to everything else that you do or in alignment. So people prefer alignment and they have to be yours because yes. if they're not your goals and I'm giving them to you, it's field work. And you're probably not going to be as passionate about what I'm telling you to do right? Compared to what you want to do. Yes. I, I, I'm glad you said write them down because what I do is I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I open my phone and I go to Spotify and I share my playable Spotify link on Instagram stories, Snapchat, and, and Facebook stories right away. I, I'm not looking at social media. I'm just posting. Then I read my Bible. Then I pull up my, my uh, bullet journal and I say, okay, what would make today awesome? By the way, you're on the list today, having a conversation with you. And you. then after that, I write my goals. 
every day I write my goals and I did something really bold starting August 16th. I said, you know what? My goals have been kind of eh, weak. And I just finished listening to Grant Cardone's 10X rule for the third time. I've read it once and I'm reading it for the second time, which means a total of five times. I've never read a book that many times except for the Bible, which I read every year. And so I said, you know what? My goal is to have a net worth of $100 million because he says in his book, would you rather fall short of a $100 million goal or a $10,000 year goal? And so that's scary. That's a scary goal. But the point is, I'm the leader of my life and I want to achieve greatness because when I make a lot of money, I can help a lot of people. So if you you have goals, 10X them babies, make them bigger, make them so big. They scare you because that target gets bigger and you get more excited about getting that goal. Absolutely. You really do. You, like you said, you get scared about it. You're like, okay, (laughs) I put it out there. Now how am I going to, how am I going to make it happen? Uh, you go to work every day, getting closer and closer and closer. And so many people have. So it's not like it's foreign, like it's an impossibility. It's absolutely possible. And that's why if it's in alignment with everything else that you believe, that you love, that you want to do, you absolutely can make it happen. And I love the fact that you do it every day because that's part of space repetition. You know, that over and over and over again routine is concretizing that in your mind, in your mindset, and in your being. So you are going to make it happen. I look forward to celebrating you when you get there. Well, thank you. And when you write your goals every day, you're telling your subconscious mind, look, this is going to happen. You need to figure it out. And the brain going, okay, he's serious. Okay. So write your goals down. All right, Bertha, you are the newly elected president of the New Jersey Association of Women Business Owners. Should I call you Madam President? Is that the is that the correct term, Madam President? <laughs> I prefer Bertha, but yes, I am the new president of Ninjabo, and um, Bertha is just fine. Um, I don't do anything back to leadership. I don't do anything by myself. I have a phenomenal state board and um, leaders. We have six regions throughout the state and leaders throughout the state, so I don't do anything alone. And I look forward to the next two years of my term. And I'm humbled by the opportunity. Wow. So what is this organization all about? Sure. It's uh, it's the longest standing um, organization in the state of New Jersey for women business owners. And we believe that all women business owners in the state of New Jersey should be members. Why? Because of all the great things that we offer, A, definitely, but there's power in unity. We have um, representatives um, at the public policy level so that our voice can be heard. There are still not enough women business owners in the state and really all over, I'm sure, the U.S. that are breaking, you know, million dollar barriers, million dollar, you know, that, that's that wow. the ceiling that we talk about. So together we can really help each other. We, in the state of New Jersey, uh, being certified as a diverse business, whether it's woman, small, minority, veteran, is, has now been made um, free of cost for all who want to, you know, certify. So I think that that's phenomenal in the state of New Jersey. And I'm not sure if other states are doing that. So I applaud the state, but there's still some more, you know, road ahead that we have to forge and doing that together is powerful. Wow. And what's their website again? N-J-A-W-B-O. So Ninjabo. So New Jersey Association Women Business Owners. So if you just take each one of those first letters, N-J-A-W-B-O.org. Excellent. 
Well, you told me this is your first podcast. You did great. You did well, this great. was a great conversation. You or your leadership helped, you know, rein in the conversation. So well, thank you so much for the invitation. Well, thank you so much for being here again. Congratulations on being El Presidente. Uh, no, that's that's man president. I don't know how to say it in Spanish. I guess it. A, 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 La ah, there La you go. Presidente. I'm learning. I'm learning Spanish. It's a slow, <laughs> slow, very slow process. So, Bertha, thank you so much for being here. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.